This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Football, football, football. Talk a lot about that today. Keith Rashad will join me for my least favorite team is my favorite team. The last one of those before the regular season starts. That will be a regular segment during the year talking about the Vikings. Also have Randy Johnson on the show today to talk go for football. Looking back at that loss against Ohio State, looking at the impact of the uh, Muhammad Ibrahim injury, and seeing what the what what could, what they can do going forward here this season. But first, what did I miss? Let's talk Twins for just a minute here before we get to the football, because I just think it's interesting and a little bit unfortunate the uh, the season, and at least the uh, the order of the season of Alex Colome had another save. In the Twins, 3-0 win over Cleveland on Tuesday. That gets his season ERA now, guys, under 4. I never thought I would see that after he started the year so poorly. Had an ERA of 8 after the first month. Really, you know, as the more or less as the Twins' closer, responsible. One, one of those primary responsible, responsible people for, for the season going so poorly. Lost his job. Basically threw him into lower leverage situations for a while now. Since then, though... From the middle of June until now, 11 saves, 2.64 ERA, opponents only with a 6.15 OPS against him. Um, not getting a ton of strikeouts still, but inducing a lot of soft contact, kind of what you wanted out of Colome from the jump. So not saying this absolves him, just saying, you know, there was he was probably due for some of that progression, right? Not regression, progression, back up to... You know what he was before the the pitcher the Twins thought they were getting. Again, not that it matters a whole lot this season. By the time he figured it out, unfortunately, the season was pretty much over for the Twins in all in all practical competitive purposes. But at least for his sake, getting much better as the season went along. And I did not imagine he would ever get that ERA under four where it is right now. Back on Daily Delivery today, Randy Johnson covers Gopher football. He'll be on every week, usually on the Tuesday show, but uh, everything's kind of pushed back a day because of the holiday. Randy, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. So it's 14-10 Gophers at halftime on Thursday. They're up on Ohio State, one of the best teams in the country. The bank is rocking. Everything's going well. And then the second half happens. They give up 35 points. Their star running back gets injured. We know now out for the season. What a, uh, what a difference a half makes, huh? Uh, yeah, really. It was, it was a pretty electric atmosphere going there. And uh, it's uh, 14-10 at the half. Uh, Ohio State goes ahead. Gophers retake the lead at uh, 21-17. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, we're gonna have a game uh, going into the fourth quarter here. We did, uh, you know, the the strip sack of, of Tanner Morgan that really uh, changed things. Basically, uh, gave uh, Ohio State a little separation there at thirty-one twenty-one, and then thirty-seven seconds left in the um, uh, third quarter, and uh, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim goes down, and uh, yeah, their their fortunes uh, took a bad turn there. So what uh, we we learned from PJ Fleck the other day earlier this week that. Uh, that Mo is out for the season. Um, maybe just, you know, for the listeners, describe what a loss that is. Because, I mean, he's, this is a guy who, you know, one of the best running backs in the country, and then depth-wise behind him, how do they try to replace that? Yeah, yeah, you're best basically talking about a guy who uh, averaged 153 yards a game last year, second in the country. He was a 
third team all American big 10 running back of the year. And, and basically it was, it came back in uh, even better, better shape, uh, a little trimmer, a little, probably more muscle. Um, you know, looked really good. And he was, he was, uh, handed to the Buckeyes pretty good there, 163 yards and 30 carries and, you know, everything was looking great. Um, they'll, they'll have to probably do it by committee. Uh, looks like, uh, you'll, you'll see, uh, guys like Trey Potts, who's a little more of a, you know, a little more of a receiving threat too. uh, Cam Wiley, uh, Bryce Williams. Uh, he's been around for quite a while. He actually 2018, uh, he rushed for 133 yards against Miami, Ohio, uh, this week's mm-hmm. opponent. Um, and then, you know, they have a couple freshmen in there, uh, a, a true freshman in uh, Bucky Irving and a retro freshman in Kai Thomas. So they're, they're um, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, see how, he, how he does it. I think you'll see different guys uh, getting carries. Um, you know, the good news is they're operating behind a, a very good offensive line. So that should help the running game go. Um, I think, you know, you, you saw the Gophers go to the tight end a bit more, uh, Revan span, span forward this, this past week. So, you know, they're, they're diversifying the offense a little bit, it looks like. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that, that's, that's good. It'll be, there's so much to take in when you, you know, play an opponent like that, when you have an injury like that. It's hard, hard to kind of make too many judgments off of one game, especially, you know, the way it went. But as we kind of think about, you know, kind of recalibrating after that game, after, you know, the good, the bad, the, the injury, how do you how do you feel about this team you know going forward where do you think they kind of where do you, and how do you think they feel about themselves well you know i i think they they take you know they always take the next man up analogy uh it's a lot tougher when the next man to be replaced you know it, the man to be replaced is somebody as good as as mo ibrahim um you know pj basically was talking that you know he you just don't replace him you know you have to you hope you get near, near the uh, production after, um, from what you have, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, they're a team that likes to run the ball, like, likes to, uh, run the clock, basically, uh, keep the ball in the opponent's hands. And, uh, that's gonna be more difficult to do without a guy like, like, like Mo, um, you know, he, he just really got the tough yards over the past three years. Yeah. And then you think about the rest of the big 10, the big 10 West in particular, it doesn't seem like there's, necessarily a, a runaway team you saw wisconsin struggle on offense losing to penn state although that's an awfully good penn state defense too you know it, does does this still feel like you know i feel a lot better if mo was still healthy that said does this still feel like a team based on what you saw based on what you know about the offensive line but also what you saw from the defense that you think can still be in that conversation in the big 10 west I think they can if, if things go well for them. They, they need to get that defense shored up there. I mean, you, you hope that's an aberration, uh, uh, seeing what happened against Ohio State and their playmakers. Um, you know, they, they really really got uh, sideways on them when they lost Jordan Howden um, in the secondary. Uh, Ohio State was able to exploit some matchups there, and especially on those big plays in the second half. Um, sounds like Howden's uh, going to be back this week, so that, that's good news for them. Um, yeah, you know, the, the team, I was pretty impressed with Iowa this weekend, uh, with what they did against Indiana. So they're right now, I would say they're the team to beat in in the West. Um, you know, well, I don't, you know, you look at uh, what Mo brought to the offense and, and how much they relied on him. That's, it's going to be a a loss. 
in the Big Ten season. Uh, they're going to have to get it sorted out in the non-conference season and see if they can, by committee or ho- however, um, just basically produce, get that kind of production back. It's not going to be the same, but uh, maybe they can pull it off. A couple more things for you, Randy Johnson. I saw um, PJ Fleck talking about the targeting, you know, calls, not call. It's like, you know, early on in the season, we're already confused about what targeting is. Give me a kind of a summary of, of his concerns and his thoughts about, you know, especially from week one. Well, you know, he didn't talk a whole lot about it. You know, he basically said that they sent their concerns to the Big Ten Conference, which the director of officiating, um, you know, and that's a, a normal thing that teams do. And uh, they'll they'll point out a few, you know, call calls that they have questions on or concerns about, and they'll send in video clips. And uh, he was waiting to hear back from the Big Ten on those. I mean, it, it's – obviously the fan base was was very fi- fired up about it. Uh, I, I felt both were targeting. Um, you know, one was called targeting, then reversed. The second one, uh, the hit on Mike Brown-Stevens – to me, that appeared to be textbook targeting, but when when they uh, they didn't even review it for targeting, they reviewed it for the fumble, which gave the ball to Ohio State. Um, yeah, it, it sure, sure seemed like head-to-head comp, uh, contact to me with uh, the crown of the head striking uh, uh, Mike Brown-Stevens in the head. Yeah, me too. It was, a, it was It's baffling. It's just it seems like it's called different ways, different games, different weeks kind of depends on the interpretation. Um, last thing, Randy, if you're, if you're PJ Fleck or even just, if you're Randy Johnson, what do you want to see from the Gophers in, in this upcoming game? What would make you feel better about their, their prospects for the upcoming season? You know, I think you're going to see, I, I'm looking to see what they do with the running game. You know, how, how they, how they, if they can identify one back, as, as the main one, or are they going to be going by committee? Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to see if somebody emerges with the physical nature that uh, uh, Mo Ibrahim had. And that might be very tough. I mean, he was a violent runner. You know, he, he uh, got the really, really tough yards inside. Um, they, you know, do they have that on the roster? And, and can they develop it that quick? Those are the big questions. Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more from the defense as well, although I'm not sure how much we would learn in particular against Miami of Ohio, but we will find out soon enough. Randy, good stuff. Follow his work, Start Tribune, starttribune.com, and we'll do this again next Tuesday. Thanks a lot, Mike. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Welcome back for another week of my least favorite team is my favorite team with Keith Rashad, longtime friend of mine. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, we haven't started the Viking season yet, so I still have uh, hope for life. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, for those who missed last week's segment of the introduction, uh, Keith, we go way back, like more than three decades, um, to the point where the Timberwolves weren't even a team anymore. And, uh, we, uh, we do this, we're going to do this segment every week during the season, talking about the Vikings primarily. And, um, you know, there is another Vikings podcast though, on this, uh, on startribune.com's network access Vikings. Are you familiar with access Vikings? Well, you know, Michael Rand of the star tribune, a lot of people in the last week or so, at least dozens, perhaps even hundreds have contacted me and asked me 
uh, why it is that I'm doing this podcast. And you know very well, it's certainly not the money, uh, mm. but uh, I am doing it because this is a, a, my opportunity to finally take those smug jerks at Access Vikings down a peg. You know, think, I'm on uh, that show too, right? Well, it's not so much you, right? Because we've had our conversations. It's your co-hosts who we both despise with the white hot fury of a thousand burning suns. Well, yeah, we had the ta- we had the taco bet last week. I picked the I took the Gophers to have more wins than the Vikings this year. Feeling less you, good about that right now. You know, you are you are absolutely going to win that bet. You are absolutely going to win that bet. And can I just say? Can I just say that the the seething tension on that Access Vikings podcast between you and the co-hosts is why I keep I keep listening to it. Well, good. I hope so. That's, that's It's the tension that we build up and, you know, it's the behind the scenes kind of angst that really makes that podcast work, I think. And I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here, but uh, before we recorded today, something that the listeners should know, I believe uh, the exact quote from you is that Ben Gessling and Andrew Kramer, between the two of them, only know 16 letters of the alphabet. So. Yeah, which- and they use them pretty well to write, but you, when you're only limited to 16 letters, it's kind of tough. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, they're going down. <laughs> In case anybody doesn't realize that was a little bit of parody. I love those guys, but uh, Keith can have a rivalry with them if he wants. So I got three oh, things. I, I got three things written down that I want to get to today. Number one. So I've, I've seen, we've talked about even last week, just kind of the all over the map kind of nature of how this Viking season could go, right? I mean, even even if you're pessimistic right now, you 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 noted last week like if some things break right, you can see this being a successful season. My question to you is if it's not in that kind of level of success where you're thinking okay, they could actually like compete in the playoffs. If it's not like a 10, 11, even 12 win team, are you the kind of fan or are you of the mind where you want this to be really bad? so that it could just be like a clean break and start over? Or is that not how you approach a season, I guess is how I would say. That, that is a miserable way to spend life as a fan, right? Rooting for bad things to happen so that watching the draft is more exciting, right? So that sometime in April, you can sit there for four hours and watch dudes just talk about football players instead of actually watching football. So I've got, I've got little in the way of interest of tanking or losing for the hopes of getting whoever the next great quarterback is going to be. I, I mean, I watch the games in the hopes that they will win uh, with the knowledge that they will never win at all. Yeah, and it's, I'm kind of of the same mind. Like intellectually, I get that they probably would be better served with a four win season than an eight win season in some ways, just because you do get a higher premium pick. But at the same time, like you get into this cycle and you see teams that start to lose and then they can't get out of it. Right. Like once you, once you have a season that bad, sometimes you don't get out of it for quite a while. Sometimes you never get out of it. If you're like Detroit or somebody like that, like you just, you, you get into this spiral and you can't get out of it. So I'm, I'm of the same mind. I think you try to win no matter what. If you're a fan, you want them to win. And I could see this season going a lot of different ways, but I, I was curious just to see what, what you think about this year because with such a range of possibilities, I guess it's, it's you, know, you can root for a lot of different outcomes this year. 
Well, that, I mean, that's absolutely true. And uh, I am growing more pessimistic, partly because I had a realization the other day, and I want to throw this to you okay. as well and see what you think about this, right? I realized the other day that, that, um, that Mike Zimmer yes. is the 21st century version of Buddy Ryan. Right, that there is there is little actual difference. There's somebody who's so focused on defense and who's really good at it, but just like Buddy Ryan squandered the best years of Randall Cunningham's career, right, and couldn't get over the hump because he seemed to be utterly concerned with just one side of the ball and was a little too impulsive and maybe not a great game manager and what have you. That he could only go so far. He was terrific as a defensive coordinator with the one Super Bowl with the Bears that they won, but that was about it. And I'm, I, as soon as I had that realization, I have not been able to shake the feeling that what we're dealing with here is just another version of Buddy Ryan. Yeah, I think that could be, you, you could be onto something there. I think the, I think the way that- I probably am. I'm very smart. You're very smart. You're very smart. You have many, many degrees. Um, I, you know, here's what I think. I think one, it's, I think it's harder in the NFL sometimes to have a defensive minded head coach, because if you do have any offensive success, you're going to lose your offensive coordinator to a head coaching job, because those, those are the guys that tend to get snatched up. So you're going to have a lack of continuity there. And I think that lack of offensive continuity more than Zimmer's fixation on defense is the thing that's really kind of held them back over the years. I mean, how many years in a row have they had a different, offensive coordinator now i mean they started you know 2000 was it 2016 they they had norv turner 2017 they had uh uh Shermer. 2018 they had de filippo who got replaced in the middle of the year 19 um you know what 19 they had uh stefanski 20 they had you know gary kubiak and last year and now they have clint kubiak i mean just this the continuity even though the system is the same i think I think it can. I think it could have worked better with Zimmer in this model as him focusing mostly on defense. If there had been kind of that, you know, Josh McDaniels type that has stayed with Bill Belichick for for so long in that tenure, because Belichick's very much of the same mold, right? He's very focused on defense. He obviously uh, the the pedigree. I'm not comparing comparing Mike Zimmer to Bill Belichick in terms of accomplishments, but when you have someone that you can trust on that side and you, you know, you can then kind of focus on what you want to focus on. I think it can work better, but I think the, the comparison is apt in that. I think when you do overemphasize one side of the ball and it's defense, maybe there is a deficiency there. Well, and I think that you're absolutely right. And I don't think that it's an either or situation. I think that these things contribute to each other. So I think you're absolutely correct that the major problem is the lack of continuity. But to what extent is that lack of continuity exacerbated by the fact that Mike Zimmer almost seems to have contempt for that side of the ball, right? And has certainly contempt for his quarterback and uh, is maybe not someone who is fostering an environment where there is an emphasis on that side of the ball, right? And so to what extent, I mean, there have been jokes about uh, him throwing the, his offensive coordinator under the bus how many times after games and what have you. So if you are if if you show that level of almost contempt right for that side of the ball to what's it or to just one factor of of your whole team, to what extent does that affect the whole as well too? And which leads into that lack of continuity. 
I mean, uh, who was it that quit in the middle of the season? Um, for the Vikings? No, no, no. The offensive court. You just mentioned him. I forget his um, North Turner. North Turner. Like, up yeah. and just up and just left in the middle. Yeah. Of the, like had enough. Right. <laughs> was another grumpy old man who decided that he just had enough. And so then, to what extent? Uh, and, and he famously didn't like. Uh, it wasn't Stefanski. I don't know. I'm free. Point he is, didn't like, he didn't like DiFilippo. That was that's the one. That, was. that was the one that he fired mid-year, and it just was a bad, a bad arrangement from the start. So you know, you're dealing with a, a guy who doesn't seem well equipped to manage the totality of the team. And to what extent does that affect how ever, the 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 possibility for success? when it comes to the team as a whole. I think that's a good point. That brings me to my second thing I wanted to bring up, which is special teams. Um, another thing that doesn't seem to be managed particularly well um, over the course of time, they've had a lot of different long snappers, a lot of different place kickers, and now they changed punters again, which is also their holder midstream last week. They got rid of Britton Colquitt. I know this seems like a small point, but I do want to bring it up. Like this, this lack of continuity on special teams, which I've talked to Ryan Longwell about multiple times, which, you know, people might dismiss as, oh, he's the holder. He's the punter. What does it really matter? It kind of does matter. And it does kind of show maybe a lack of understanding on that part of the, that side of, you know, that third side of the game that could win or lose you one or two games this season. Uh, when I heard that the punter got cut, all I could envision was a single tear running down Ryan Longwell's cheek about his utter lack of continuity. And I think, I mean, he makes a certain point. I think that he overstates it for some obvious reasons, uh, in my personal opinion. But you consider the success that Daniel Carlson has had since uh, he left the Vikings, and you consider the, the seemingly impulsive nature with which they've made decisions about the kicking game. And again, what you have is you have somebody who doesn't seem to demonstrate enough concern for a significant part of his football team, which ultimately limits what you are capable of doing. If you are not going to have concern for your offense or your special teams, or you're willing to just sort of swap in as if these are simply interchangeable parts, you're, you're looking for trouble. Yeah, you are. And the special teams was bad last year. You know, the coverage units, hopefully, you know, they, they look like they could be better this season. But I've got I got a lot of questions about, you know, the place kicker right now is not, you know, Greg Joseph is not tried and true, tried and true. They got, you know, their long snapper. He's he's back at least after kind of some roster shenanigans last week. But I mean, they at least need to be adequate. And maybe they will. Maybe it's an, an overstated point. But I, I, I do want to put that out there as something that among the concerns I have this year, that is uh, one of those concerns. Um, yeah, but- well, it's real It's real shocking, right? It's real shocking that the Vikings fans might have to get used to problems in the special teams unit. Shaky kicking has never cost them in a meaningful game as far as I can I, remember. I, I, then I again, I have my memory wiped clean every season. So That's right. That's smart right. of me. Isn't that smart of me? That's That's what I should start doing. All right, last thing for you before we go, and then next week we actually get to talk about games that actually happened opener Sunday against the Bengals. Keith, I was thinking about Kirk Cousins the other day. As Why I would you do, do that to yourself? Well, here's here's my question for you. Just right now, and, and obviously this 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 era is is not over. Where where do, where does Kirk Cousins fall 
right now in your Vikings quarterback hierarchy in terms of their past quarterbacks? Where, where, who, do, who do you, how do you slot him in? Because the numbers are pretty good. He's made the playoffs. He's had three seasons now. He's been durable. You know, that said, hasn't had the level of success you might want to have. And I have, I have one name that I feel like is kind of a match, and I want to see, I want to see what you think. Well, okay. So, what is your name? Because that's a, that's a. I mean, you take you take the one glorious Brett Favre year. That was yeah. magical. You, uh, Dante Culpepper before he ripped up his knee. I would take him over what was happening. Uh, if you could put the one year where Case Keenum just flung the ball in the air and Stefan Diggs saved him, someone went and caught it all again. the time. Yeah, right. Uh, I'd take that. Uh, there was some. I mean, they're, they're different eras, so it's hard to compare a, a Tommy Kramer or a Wade Wilson or any of those guys because they were just they were playing a different game in, in so many respects. Uh, but they were solid quarterbacks. You know, they were they were in many respects Kurt Cousins without the money and without the the lack of credibility with the team. Uh, so you know, um, that's sort of where the thinking starts. So what is this name? I feel like his tenure has reminded me the most of Warren Moon's time here. That's a good, that's yeah. Yeah. Warren was successful. He was successful, but again, couldn't quite bring the team over the hump and, and, but the one thing about cousins, and maybe this is just because we have more access now and we have more, uh, ability to get a sense of what's going on within the team as well too. The the one critical difference, and, and curious what you think about this, is I never got the sense that that the team didn't necessarily believe in Warren or didn't see him as a leader in the way that I get the sense that the team doesn't see Kirk as a leader now. I think that's true. I think you know, I feel like the last you know six to 12 months have, have done cousins, no favors. I feel like maybe that, you know, you go back to 2018 when I thought he played pretty well, 2019, when, you know, he took him to the playoffs and got that playoff win last year and everything that's happened this year has certainly changed the perception of him changed that reputation. I think you're right. I think Warren moon definitely had, you know, he was, he was you know, certainly towards the end of his career when he came here, but still a very capable Pastor, so I, I think leadership-wise, yeah, he had more of a command. I think, I guess, all I was thinking—the primary thing I was thinking of was a guy who put up really good numbers, who could get you to the playoffs, but just had a certain number of limitations, especially at that point in his career. We're talking about Warren Moon. That when he got here, that was about as as much as he could do here, and it, it kind of reminds me of what Cousins has done here so far. Do you do you think that because because we went to that one stupid playoff game? Maybe. Spent too Maybe much money. Everything's to... clouded by the fact that that was the Vikings Bears playoff game after the '94 season was the first Vikings game I ever saw, and they lost to Eric Kramer and the Bears. It was like oh. 35 to 18 or something like that. And we if drove you through the night. Correctly. We drove through the night to get right. here. Right, right. I had to work that evening. I had to work the previous evening, and didn't get off work till something like 1:30 in the morning. I yeah, think so we was. went to Perkins. Went to Burger Hats, where we were accosted by a drunk individual who accused me of being arrogant because I was in college, although I was not in college that particular <laughs> year, uh, and then drove through the entirety of the night to make sure to get to this stupid game that, again, uh, I could not have afforded. I, I probably should not have spent my money on. 
And then uh, we watched that debacle. We did. Maybe that's clouding my judgment. I don't know. But that's when I was thinking about asking you about the hierarchy, that was the name that came into my head. And like I said, though, the chapter is not over. He still has a chance to rewrite history for better or worse this year. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to the games. I'm, I want to want to watch football on Sunday. Finally get to see what this team can actually do is a bad preseason. The vibe is not good, but you know what? Once you start the season, you can change that pretty quickly. So this first game seems actually kind of vitally important in some respects, right? This is a game that they, that they should win. And if you don't win this one, you, you have a sense of where this season is going, right? Yeah. I feel like you learn more, like, you kind of need to win this one. They're favored on the road. Cincinnati's not a great team. If you lose this game, suddenly you're like, okay, then they got to make up a game somewhere down the road that you should have, you know, that, that you think was a loss or more of a toss up. And yeah, if you, you probably learn more about this team if they lose than if they win, but you still learn either way. So it, it is it too much to propose a, a segment within a segment where we predict if they lose, who Zimmer will throw under the bus? <laughs> we could do that. I mean, if, if they lose, there's a lot of different candidates. Um, they can, like I said, this is a team that uh, for all of its strengths can lose a lot of different ways too. So I, it won't be the defense that he throws under the bus. Probably it will probably either be the kicker, the punter or Kirk cousins. I was going to say somehow the brand new punter is going to take a, a healthy swipe. Well, we'll see how it unfolds. We'll do this again next week. Good to talk to you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Just a postscript to that uh, Kirk Cousins Warren Moon comparison. I haven't I hadn't even looked this up uh, when I was thinking about it the other day, but the the comparison becomes even more apt when you look at some of the stats. Both of them three seasons with the Vikings, at least so far. Cousins will get a fourth. Warren Moon had a winning percentage of five thirty nine in those three seasons. Kirk Cousins in his three seasons so far five forty three. Warren Moon passed for 259 yards per game. Kirk Cousins, 258.9, almost identical. So they have performed pretty similarly. And again, I don't know how you think about Warren Moon in the context of Vikings history, but uh, I feel like the mood has definitely shifted on Kirk Cousins. Let's finish with the cooler. Huge game for the Lynx tonight against Las Vegas teams uh, very close in the WNBA standings. And just a reminder, too, the way the WNBA standings work and the playoffs work, eight teams make it to the playoffs. The top four teams get at least one by. The top two teams get a double by into the semifinals. Now, the trick is if you finish in that third, fourth slot and get the first by, that next round when you come back is single elimination. Now, right now, the Lynx are in the number four spot, have a chance to jump up. Las Vegas is number two right now, but only a game and a half ahead of the Lynx with Seattle in between them. But just a game or just a half a game behind the Lynx right now is Phoenix. So Lynx could finish anywhere from really second to fifth right now. I would think Connecticut kind of clear of everybody at 22 and six, a couple games even ahead of Vegas. So big, big game in the seating. Um, Lynx could, you know, could fall down to fifth and have to play, you know, in that opening round, have to play two single elimination rounds just to get into the uh, the semifinals, or they could get that single bye, or they could still get a double bye all the way to the conference, or all the way to the, all the, all the way to the league semifinals. So a lot at stake tonight when the Lynx play against the Aces. That will do it for me today. I think I'll be joined by uh, State Representative Pat Garofalo 
on Thursday for a discussion of sports wagering and the state of legalization in Minnesota. So you won't want to miss that chat. Good one there. Thanks so much for joining me here on Daily Delivery. Be back at it on Thursday.